0: So I want to set the scene for this morning. Do you know that God wants you to enjoy your Christianity? That would lackc on the It needs to be a joy to serve God. Religion has stolen that, and God wants us to thrive. You know, God put in place festivals. I wonder what they did at festivals. I wonder how noisy it was. Were they very quiet? I wonder if there was some dancing, festival vibe. You know, I I see. You know, like my dad. You know, you get the different generations. You know, when you get to a wedding, you get some of these guys that you know. First song that that comes, they're on. They they there. You know, that's Jock. You know, he's he's there. He's he's making sure that 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 dance bond is worked in well. And then you get guys like my dad. It's like... And then he's he's, he's, he's enjoying himself to the fullest. And that's a lot. (laughs) And that's okay. It doesn't mean you've got more joy than the other one. It's just a response. The point is, when you are a Christian and you have the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Holy Spirit that is life in you, there needs to be a response. And if I look, if the next generation, the younger generation, look at me, and they think to themselves, what a boring life. You know, where's the life? I want the, the younger generation to say, I want that. You see the life. You know it's so exciting to live a life with God. It's incredible. It's exciting. It's like a roller coaster. Now, I I had the opportunity to stay in the corporate environment, stick with my job, and be disobedient to God. You know how boring my life would have been? Very boring. Now, it's very exciting. I don't know what's coming next. (laughs) And it takes faith. But heck, I've got the testimony of how God came through every time, and that excites me. You know, it's, I can tell you, I mean, it's such a privilege to serve God. It's lacquer. Buy a lacquer. And if you're not a Christian yet, please, join us. Or is a lacquer club, and that's all I want to say. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Right. Leilani, can you please join me? Can I get the mic, please? We had such an incredible weekend with the prophetic activation, and Leilani shared a testimony that I just wanted to share this morning. Because it's such an incredible example for me on what I want to speak on today. All right. So, thank you, Leloni.
1: <laughs> Good morning, everyone. As you know, I am with Studios Academy. And I shared with them on Friday, um, the last week, was a, it was a really heavy week. I now know that it's all because of me, because I take on false responsibility. <laughs> but the, after this weekend, God sorted me out. So, on Friday afternoon, I came home. I was really tired. It was, it was really, it was like a demonic oppression. I was heavy, my head was clouded, and I got into bed straight away, and and that's not me. Andre came home, and I was in bed. So, got up, went to the prophetic evening, and that first evening, um, this was really such an unexpected blessing this weekend to me. I don't think I've expected God to, in such a gentle way, meet me, and I know a lot of us, where we were at. So, that evening, they did an activation exercise, so we just had to turn to the person behind us and pray and ask for the Lord for a word for that person, and behind me, and they for us, and behind me sat a lady, Tabu. I've never seen her in my life. She doesn't know me. Met her that evening, and God gave her a word for me. The word was perseverance, and when she said it, she said, God sees you, and he says, Persevere. Keep doing what you're doing. Because I went home on Friday afternoon thinking I'm not relevant enough. I don't have the capacity to stay relevant for these kids. There's so much coming for them, especially with um, the stuff in media and AI and that. And there's no way I can keep ahead of them. Maybe I should stop. This is not, I can't do this. She said, persevere. That's what God tells you. So I went home and I slept. And early, early Saturday morning got into the word of God. And he took me to Jeremiah. And this is what God, I got such a whooping, a goeie paksla, Saterdag God said this to me, if you repent and give up this mistaken attitude of despair and self-pity, then I will restore you to a state of inner peace, so that you may stand before me as my obedient representative. And if you examine yourself and cleanse your heart from unwarranted doubt concerning my faithfulness, You will become my spokesman. Let the people then turn to you and learn to value my values. And just before this piece, Jeremiah says to God, Lord, I've eaten your word. I've done all these things. I speak to these people. They don't listen. And that's how I felt. This was such a hiding. So I immediately repented. And that words, your unwarranted doubt concerning my faithfulness. So the rest of this weekend, God spoke to me about that and showed me how much Judgment I have in my heart against parents, against parenting, against the way, you know, stuff our kids get exposed to. I had to repent so much on Saturday until last night. And at the end of Saturday, he's, he's, God just blessed me so much. In the end, we had to sit in a circle and we just gave word to each other. And Ryan, which I, I saw him three times, I think, at the info table, he doesn't know me well, I don't know him at all. All God gave him for me was Isaiah 46, verse 4. He said, I don't know what it is. Don't ask me to quote it. God says Isaiah 46, verse 4. Got home, and this is what God says to me. Even to your old age, I am he. And even to your advanced old age, I will carry you. I have made you, and I will carry you. Be assured, I will carry you. So I just learned again this weekend. He does speak to all of us. This was such a blessing to me. And um, I won't quit. I will persevere. <laughs>
0: there you got it. Don't survive, thrive. Lelani was just, just making it. Amper nie nie. She was almost not surviving. And now she's thriving. And, and this morning, I, I didn't plan to actually bring in um, Lelani's Testament. And this morning, it's just God said, this will set the scene. And, and it, that's a practical way of where you turn survival into thriving. Because the flesh was killed and the spirit man stood up. And now she's walking it out. Now is it lacquer. She's looking forward to Monday, are you? Yeah, when she's going to see those kids. Ek vir All right. It's such a privilege to serve God. And this morning, I want to give you the punchline, and then I want to go through Scripture to explain, you know, the punchline. And, and show you that the Bible actually says it. Now, for you to thrive... Okay? For you to be in that position where you thrive, not just survive, you need a relationship with God. Okay? If you do not have a relationship with God, you will never thrive. That's the point. For you to have a relationship with God, you need to be in the spirit man. Because the flesh man cannot um, please God. So you need to be in spirit man to have that relationship to thrive. So I'm going to explain, and now I'm going to actually explain the gospel, as I've done many, many times, to bring that into context and then link it to the relationship so that you can grow in that relationship so that you can grow in your thriving. So that's where I want to go. So you, you in, a, in a way, understand it already. But what I want to do is I want to give you Scripture that you then go and you can go and meditate on it. Because you need to grow in your identity. Identity has everything to do with who you are and who God is. Who are you? Son and daughter of God. That's the one half of it. And if you're a son and daughter of God, who is God? Daddy. Daddy. So if you understand that well, your identity, spiritual identity, will be strong. If you doubt anything in that, if Satan has, through time, chipped away at that picture of what daddy looks like because she didn't have a good daddy on earth, Satan wants to bring in lies, but God is a faithful father. I mean, it's like like that scripture that Leilani quoted. Trust my faithfulness. He's a faithful, good father. All right. And he has chosen you first. It's not because you are child that he's father. He was father first, and now you, you are his child. All right. So how do you get? So we said you need to have relationship for you to have relationship. You need to be spirit man. All right. So now we need the gospel to explain that. You agree? Yep. All right. And many of you can do this sermon from this point on. But let's go through this. Romans 5, 1 and 2. And Romans 5 is such a a, a good example, the first half, to explain exactly that. All right, so let's read. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So you are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, you have peace with God. So if it speaks about peace, you can make the conclusion that before that point, you were not in peace with God. You were actually in, in war with God. Okay? In enmity with God. There's that big word that Renault used this weekend. Okay? Is the separation. Let's read further. Verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And the hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So now he's explaining spirit life. He's saying there is a joy that will come, because you have the Spirit, okay? And it is through you having this hope in the One. Let's read further, verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the, say, wrath of God. Wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So he's reiterating how he started. And he's he's saying, um, we have been saved by God from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were enemies of God. Now, who of you know that if you have an enemy, you struggle to have a good relationship? You agree? So, if you want a good relationship with God, before Christ, and before the gospel message, and before what this scripture is explaining, that faith, to get you in there, before there's justification, you are actually an enemy of God. And if you're an enemy of God, you struggle with relationship with God. Okay, so that's very important to understand. So God understood where you were in relation to him. So he came in and said, I will save you from my wrath. Amen. From my wrath so that you can be saved. So that we will not be enemies anymore. So that we can have relationship. So God Put everything together so that we can get to relationship. So that we can be saved from Israel and not be enemies anymore. Let's read another scripture. Okay, let's go to this diagram first. So what we see here is we are living to spirit life, right? I said we need to be spirit persons to have relationships. So through faith, we are declared righteous, We are justified. That's a legal term to say you are legally right now with God. You now have a new life. And through that, you have access to the grace of God, which is empowerment. You have peace with God. You're not enemies of Him anymore. And you're saved from the wrath of God. And now you can have relationship with God. You see that, that whole progression, becoming spirit man... Takes you to what? To relationship. The purpose of all of that is so that we can be in a relationship. Now the thing is, now you can be saved. You can enter into that relationship. But the point is now, how do I live from that first moment of relationship? You now need to grow in that relationship. And that's why we have access to the grace of God. So when you have faith, and this is so important, i I'm going to touch on it again. When you have faith in your righteousness, when you have faith in your justification, grace will kick in and you will be able to live your life as a Christian. Powerful and you will thrive. That is how you are enabled to live a Christian life in joy and in, in strength. You cannot do it on your own. So it's so incredible. God made it happen so that we can have a relationship. He understood our condition so well that he put everything in place so that we can be empowered to even live this life now with him. So he's done everything from the start to the end. That's what the Bible says. It is him from the start to the end that is enabling this. What do I need to do? I need to believe, have faith. Romans 8, 7 to 8 says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. I said that if you are in the flesh, you cannot please God. This is the scripture that speaks towards that. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Don't be in the flesh, you will not be able to please God. You, however, are not in the flesh. Speaking to Christians. But in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So your righteousness makes you spirit man, and because you spirit man, you can be a Child of God. You can have relationship with Him. Because the flesh cannot have that relationship. Very clear. Now you need to believe that. It is a faith in your righteousness that enables this. John 17.3 says, And this is eternal life. That they know you. And the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's a knowing, and that knowing refers to relationship. It's not a a know about. It's a knowing and understanding. It's like I know my wife. That knowing, if you actually translate it, refers to intimacy. And you only have intimacy with a wife. Within a covenant relationship, that is what he's speaking about. There is an intimate relationship, and in that intimate relationship, you have life. That's how it's done. Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Because without faith, you cannot be spirit man. So when you have faith, you are spirit man. For whoever would draw near to God because you are spirit man, must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. It's a courtship with God a wonderful relationship with god that grows more intimate by the day that's how we should live our lives me and renata has been married 23 years now and i enjoy my relationship with her more than i did 10 years back why because we grew in our intimacy we grew in our understanding we grew in our relationship And now it's an incredible blessing for us in the same way. And that's why God uses these symbols of marriage to explain the church. The bridegroom and the bride that needs to grow in intimacy. That's the picture that he uses. Why would he use that picture and not want that? Do you have a, a healthy marriage is maybe the number one blessing on this earth. Truly it is. It's something that God has given us to show us his heart and how and what his intent is regarding the relationship he wants with us. That's incredible. And now Satan comes in and, and, and his number one strategy is to break up those relationships. Because then he can bring in a father that wasn't good, a husband that wasn't good, a wife, a marriage. And God saying, that is not the intent. That is not how I want it. I've got this beautiful, pure view regarding that. Because in that, we grow in relationship and in intimacy. And it's so much fun. It's so to be there. Truly, if there's anything on this earth, I've said it to my wife, I can lose everything. But Lord, please don't take my wife away. Because I can endure anything on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> my bride. This my so word. <laughs> Thank you, papa. In this wat hê, man. It's not believing in the doctrine of grace that makes grace work its believing in faith righteousness that makes grace work you must believe that you are righteous justified through the lord jesus for grace to empower you it's incredible romans 5:17 to 18 he says for if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man much more Will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ? Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for every man. You are free from the bondage of sin. In this context, it's speaking about the bondage of sin. He's saying. Reign in life. He's saying reign over sin. Excuse me. As righteousness is established in our hearts, sin loses all its power. We will rise above our fears of sin. We will rise above our desires for sin. Very little of our time and effort will revolve around trying to get victory. Instead, our lives will begin to revolve around the person who has given us victory. We will fall in love with our Savior and Lord. We will live our lives out of relationship with God. It is that you will stop running after counseling and you will run after God. Because there is the solution. And the encouragement and counseling is just, how's your relationship with God? And can I help you towards that relationship? And that's what true counseling actually should be. I'm not the answer. God is. When your bridegroom, when you've got that intimacy, out of that, you have victory. See the grace of God. Do you believe your righteousness? Do you believe your justification? See how you are empowered by grace to overcome all of these things. The bondage of sin, the power of sin, the the yearning of the sin. Because what will happen? You will desire God. 2 Peter 1, 2 says, And may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Again, that knowledge. As you grow in that intimacy, what will happen? What will increase? The fruit of your life will be peace, grace, empowerment. You will have Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest. And yes, you will go through times like Leilani just explained. And God will come in lovingly like the bridegroom. And he will correct you. And he will empower you. That's such an incredible thing. We need to desire God. We need to love God. And it speaks towards devotion to God. Devotion to God is a singular focus. I do not look at any other woman. I don't desire any other woman. I just want my wife. Because I love her. My focus is her. No other lady has any place in my heart. Okay? Because I've got a covenant relationship with my wife. You have a covenant relationship with the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, when you become a Christian. That is what you have. You've got this singular desire. Your devotion is Him. Everything that you do, your budget, your time, everything is His. That's your devotion. I love this statement, and I heard it this weekend. True relationship is easy because there's 100% trust. But shallow relationship is complicated because there's a lack of trust. And I've seen it through marriage counselings that I've experienced through the years. You get relationships that's built on money and, 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 and fleshly things. You cannot believe how complicated those relationships are. It's like, you know, where do you pull these things out? Where does it come from? And then you look at godly relationships and it's just easy. I love her, she loves me. We honor one another. We understand each other. We've got grace and mercy with one another. That's how we live our lives. Not complicated. Jammer, as I'm dry, it is life Come here. Intimacy. It's easy. But when it's fleshly, when it's shallow, Yena, it becomes complicated. my on a home submit, in "What's a flock?" We don't ask those questions because we've got an easy relationship. when I give to the Lord, is it to this mark or to that mark? What decimal place must I round it off? Speaks of your intimacy, your heart condition regarding that relationship. Oh, please don't complicate it. Jesus said, do what is placed in your heart and do it. Just be obedient. Let's not speak about numbers. I mean, in the New Testament, he's actually, he's moving it beyond the the 10%. And he's saying, give what is in your heart. Do that. Not a percentage. He speaks of. Give what's in your heart. It speaks of a heart condition. That's it. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be obedient in line with our heart condition that is desiring Him. Who wants to please Him out of the relationship with Him. It's not focused on anyone else. No pasteur or person. I've heard in the last season how people place as leaders on pedestals and then when they realize that we are not that great, they struggle with their relationship with God. I will disappoint you. Point. God never. Your bridegroom will never disappoint you. So please don't look at me. I'm just here to bring you a message that's the truth. Take the message. Love him. That's all we want. But if you look at me, I will disappoint you. And you know who you are, who I've disappointed. Repent. I'm, your, I'm sorry if I've disappointed you. And in, in not looking at you, smiling enough, whatever. <laughs> Do not let a man get in between you and God. Never. Do not let your wife, your children, those things are idols. Anything, your job, your money, all of those things are blessings out of God's hand. But when you bring that in between you and God, it becomes an idol. God intended money for you to use for His glory. And now you bring that in between, and now it's an idol. The car that you drive, the the children that you have, the marriage that you have, anything that you bring in between... He's an idol. God says, I want to give you it as as a blessing. So don't make that the primary focus. Have devotion in me, and I'll give you money. I'll give you resources. I'll give you whatever you need. Because I'm a good daddy. But don't let your focus be that. Scripture says, first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then we become religious, and then we think, This and this. You have no excuse of anything that comes in between you and the relationship that you need to have with God. And if you have an issue, if you have one excuse, put it on the altar and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I forgive. Or Lord, I'm sorry that I made this my focus. I desire you. Thank you that out of that. Lord, I have abundance of life. You are a faithful father. That's who we serve. Let us focus there. And Satan wants to get us into all of these demikos stuff so that we do not focus on our simple relationship with God and see the incredible grace. I I want to challenge you, maybe experiment in your life, to say, all right, let me then focus. Let's try this thing out. Let's try this thing out. And then you'll see the power that you will have to do what you need to do. You will be able to say no to sin. You will be able to do the business that God has called you to do. You will be able to to pick up the job that God has given you, resign the job that God has given you, start the business that he's called you to do, stop the business that he hasn't called you to do. I can bring all of those things. But it's out of that clear understanding in relationship. Jesus finished the work. Our job is to believe and thereby receive the benefits of that finished work he's doing. Now it's important. While change itself is effortless, changing our beliefs is not effortless. You must spend time in fellowship with God to bring about a change in your believing. It is the truth you believe that will bring about the need of change. And the number one thing that you need to believe is the gospel. It's your righteousness and, and that you are justified. That's where it starts. What do you believe? Is there anything that you add on it that, that waters that down or puts conditions to it that is religious? Anything that you add to it is religion, and God says, "And I, I, I didn't put that in. It is my it's my finished work in you. Believe. How are you strengthened in that relationship? And the more you focus on the relationship, you'll see it's like two Peter um, one two. It says it's it's a progression of grace and peace. Grace and peace will be more will be more yours." As you grow in the knowledge of our God and Lord Jesus Christ, that's how you do it. How do you do it, really? That's how you do it. Now, there's an incredible, important thing that I learned this weekend, and Raymond taught on that. You need to fan the flame. Have you ever gone to a Yivleksverreikungsnavik? I can't it all. It's a I'd say fan the flame weekend. We even had a course like that, okay, where you need to just fan the flame. And the incredible thing about fanning a flame is is that there's already a flame. So you need to just get the fire bigger. That's the the context. So you've got a little flame, and you need to make it bigger, okay? So if the the love is is not like it's a bit cold, all right, you need to fan the flame to warm it up a bit, okay? Now, to Timothy one five, Peter, or uh, Paul, is speaking to Timothy here, and he's, he's like a good father encouraging him. All right, and he's saying, "I'm reminded of your sincere faith." Where does he start? Faith. Okay, he's, he's calling out faith. Why would you call out faith? Because I want to remind you that you're spirit man. So I want to remind you that you're spirit man. And that's why I want to remind you you have faith. Scotty Yat And omdat is, is That's what he's saying. Okay. Let me read it for you. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Eloise, and your mother, Eunice. He's even going back to his, his roots. So he's he's doing that. I'm persuaded, um, uh, sorry, Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Saying, you've got it. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. So now he's calling out that spirit man, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So he received a spiritual gift through the laying on of, hand, his laying on of hands, but it started with his faith. Okay, And then he goes into verse 7 that says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. So he's calling out the spirit that is him. Speaking to that relationship. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me. In suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So, speaking about the gospel, the gospel is saying, You are alive, you are spirit man, because you are declared righteous and you are justified. So, he's reminding Timothy of the gospel. And he's saying, Because of that, you've got this. You've got it, young man. You've got it. I recognize the faith in your life. Dirk, het geloof, ik it. And that is not a the four I group it out. You hear it. You've got it. You spirit man. And because you're spirit man, you can have a relationship with God. I know where he came from. And now I forbast my elk duck? What's happening? It's God. It's the year. Luke 10, 17, 20. Jesus sent out the seventy-two disciples, and now they're doing these incredible Wonders, And the reason I put this in is I want to highlight that, like Paul, the focus is not on the gifting, is on the relationship. He's saying, to the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I can translate it in this way. Rejoice the fact that you have relationship with me. That's the focus. And these things will happen. The demons will flee. You will see people healed. There will be amazing things that will follow. But your focus... And your thanksgiving should not be, Lord, thank you for the wondrous things. Yes. But Lord, thank you for this relationship. I just see you move. I just see you move because you are faithful. It's, it's more a consequence than a focus. And again, it's, that's what the Satan does. That's what religion does. In the in the Pentecostal movement, the focus of what God was is doing was so warped to the point that it was so focused on the doings that they lost the relationship with God. And then it became a circus. Truly it did. Relationship. God is calling back his church to true, authentic relationship. Lalani, we're gonna win this thing out of relationship with God. Amen. The world is crazy, but we've got a relationship that is stronger than anything. And through that relationship, we have access to the grace of God. Do you understand that God? That incredible, strong God that we have relationship with. There's nothing, nothing that can intimidate you. It's like Paul speaking to Timothy. Hey, guy, don't be timid. You've you've got faith. Because you've got faith, you spirit man. Come on. Be strong. Go through the troubled times of spreading the gospel because I know it's difficult. I know you're being persecuted. But hey, be strong. I'm with you. You can do this by the grace of God that you've got access to through the relationship. What you believe... Believe in my righteousness. Believe in my justification. I'm going to end off with this scripture in Philippians. This is the the blueprint of the how-to. Okay, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. That is relationship. That is, I'm speaking to God. I have a relationship with God. I chat to Him about everything. That's what He's saying. And then there's a consequence. It's like 2 Peter 1-2 is saying, in that knowing, in that conversation, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Bible also says, anything that happens comes from the heart. So above all else, guard your heart. How do you do it? Through your relationship in Christ. And then finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What he's saying there is focus on God. Think about His things. So he's saying in all of that, the strategy is go meditate on Philippians 4, 4 to 8. That's the how-to. When you speak about things, and, and we actually, when we drove here, we started speaking about, oh, we like this coffee shop, and we like this coffee shop. And before we got ourselves, we started speaking negative. I go need the off money. Oh, and Disney, this is not nice for And, and I said, stop, 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 because I was reading the word. You know, they were still in the flesh in that moment. So I was ahead of them. You know, that was in the spirit. So I said, hey guys, stop it. We need to start speaking life. It's like that in a negative conversation. I don't like that. And I don't like That's a guy's business, he's doing his best. And now I'm crack, breaking down his business and as if he's a bad guy. And I realized that's how easy it is. When we are in the habit of speaking life, because that is where our minds are, when I look at you, when I look at you, I think of beautiful things. Yes, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I'm not going to focus there. I'm going to look at you. And I'm going to call out, hey, you've got faith. Yeah. Because you've got faith, you spirit man. Because you're spirit man, you've got a relationship with God. And because you've got a relationship with God, I have nothing to say about you. I'm just going to leave you to God. That's how easy it is. Not in an arrogant way, in a loving way. That's how I look at you. I don't pity you. Please don't pity me. Yeah. I, I mean, when Lilani, when I heard that testimony, the first thing is, it's say, Okay. He went, is your right? And in that moment God said, don't pity her. Don't pity anyone. I've got her. I've got compassion, but not pity. Compassion says, I leave you over to God. Pity says, oh, can I you go help, us, please?' <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 en dan gebeur sikke goeders, jy val op jou gezicht. I want you to remember this. Out of the joy of the relationship, we've got victory. Guys, there's nothing that can come against you. Your marriage, finances, whatever it may be. You might be going through difficult times, feel depressed, whatever that may be. May the joy of the Lord strengthen you. Lead you to a relationship that will usher in grace so that you can get through this thing. God never takes things away. He just helps you through it. Why? So that you can see him in action. So that your relationship can grow. I've seen God in, in action so many times. I just, man, he's amazing. I just love and adore God because I've seen him in action. I've seen him in action in my family's life. I remember to my, when, when my parents came to the Lord. One of the, the things that actually convinced me that I need to become a Christian is, if the Lord can change my daddy that way, I want to serve that God. Because he changed him like that. Different. Totally different. And, and that's the testimony that you carry. And for your children. And for the co-workers. And the environment that you're living in. You have a light that is in you. There is life in you. Please don't put it under a mat emmer. Like the Bible says. Don't light a light and then cover it. You that light. Be the encouragement. Because it shines through. Put your relationship with God on display. Don't I mean I don't shy away from from my, my relationship with Renette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my wife. Yeah, you know, almost apologetically. Do you treat God like that? No. <laughs> never. You are proud of the relationship. You celebrate the relationship. You are so excited you want to share it with everyone. You won't believe. Oh, God, it's so It's like when you, you know, I've got such, I take it to my marriage because I've got such uh, 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 appreciation for my marriage. How much more the relationship that you have with God? Coast See of the concept word. Coast it. It's precious, valuable. Hope you got it, guys.